0: Alright, this is the official launch of the PBF podcast. We appeared back in November with our friends at Project Warpath, and then just a couple weeks ago, we did another podcast with those guys. We've got a lot of positive feedback from you, so this is R10, but that'll be really obvious to you shortly. And then also, uh, we've got Matt G., not a team guy, on here. What's up, guys and gals? So, one of the challenges we've run into here is we've talked about doing podcasts, and every day the world gets crazier. It's just an acceleration of craziness. And uh, hopefully by the time this podcast actually makes it, it won't be uh, too late for it. But I think a lot of the concepts and things that we're, we're going to be discussing here Um, really uh, kind of play into it and one of the things that Nat G and I have been talking about is we want to maybe throw some more, like we're going to do a little blurb podcast for you guys so maybe one day there's going to be an item that somebody on the page knows a little bit about and then one of us will just kind of jump on and maybe throw like a 20-30 minute blurb or whatever, maybe even 10 minutes we can cover it in that but Point being that we want to make as much topical for you guys and just get some information out there. We've got a lot of positive feedback from you guys. Another thing that we're going to be doing here too, and it's just been you know working through the bugs on this, is we're going to be doing some crowdfunding and also we're going to be launching a website and then hopefully some merch as well. So there's been a lot of work behind the scenes trying to get this stuff up. We keep getting you know, positive feedback and also the support from you guys, and we'll keep giving back to you guys. Yep, that's the plan. So, I think, you know, this morning, uh, Nat G and I were talking, and we, we saw how Seattle, they're trying to restart CHAZ. They were repelled by the police in order to do that. And then also in Portland, and in Portland, in my book, it's all out insurgency already there. They tried to burn down the courthouse as they, they burned down an elk and they burned down the Oregon Trail. Which I mean, you know, I, I I'd love to hear what you think of that.
1: I think they probably uh, they probably a little bent out of shape over playing Oregon Trail growing up. And are getting to the point that Too much they're seeing they're seeing COVID now um, not killing their friends and that that upsets <laughs> them because that's the narrative that they've been taught. Uh, so they're going out to, to to wreck house. Yeah, one of the things one of the things that we we're we're looking at now is this uh, to to what ends are these mobs going? Um, what's their desired outcome here? When, when they when they've gone through, what happens when the statues come down? What's next after that?
0: Well, you know, I, I think uh, the whole point. I mean, historically, we've seen this, right? You take down the statues, and then you go for like the libraries. You kill history because that's part of why they take down the statues. They're trying to kill your history. That's why it didn't stop with the Confederacy. Of course, that's what they fed us, and everybody wanted to placate them and like, yeah. The Confederacy was bad, so we'll go ahead and go along with you to get rid of the Confederacy. But then we saw Francis Scott Key, we saw George Washington. Ulysses S. Grant. We saw the abolitionist. Yeah, the, the abolitionist in, uh, up in Wisconsin. A guy who actually fought against the Confederacy straight out. They took his statue out. It's complete nihilistic destruction of our history. So next they go for the books because they're already trying to do that in a lot of ways they're trying to say well we need to include inclusively include these other ideas now it's this is the white idea so we have to just eliminate the whiteness and those of you that support it even if you're a person of color you've internalized that whiteness
1: anything that you would do that's counter to that narrative now will be racist you will be on a watch list um God knows all the doxing that's happening on happening on social media right now for anyone that disagrees with these party points, by the way, should be terrifying because these results, um, when they're placed on the Internet, can very quickly come home to you now with how freely information is available, not just through tax records. But, you know, putting yourself out there as a person who wants to stand for liberty, um, you got to worry about getting your neighborhood burned down. I think that's a concern. I think that should be a concern for everyone. Well, because
0: previously, right, it was just you were worried about your job. Like, that was sort of the, the worst level of it, that they're going to come from your job. But now they'll come from your house. And not only will you lose your job, but your family... Members your significant like, other. The, yeah. But even, like, uh, the, the police officer down in Atlanta who fired his weapon at the guy who grabbed his taser and fired the taser at him, that guy's mother was fired from her job.
1: Yeah, I, you know, it, it's funny how you watch big business pander now. They pander to this narrative. They're willing to fire somebody's family member for that. They're willing to bend over backwards. And um, can you say that's support or is that just trying to continue to sell a product? I don't think anybody actually cares. God kno- well, God I, I, knows I, I, that dude's mother wasn't involved in that shooting, but they went out and they said, you know, There was a statement made when they fired her that's a problem
0: well i think realistically though i mean my own opinion something we discussed in the last one we just talked about banks and corporations in general they are happy with control they don't want competition and another way to control even the concept of competition is just generally controlling people if we can control the narrative then there's less likely to be a challenge to the system itself, which allows them to maintain control and power. Absolutely. And it's it's absolutely just maddening to see how quickly things move. But, I mean, you and I were discussing before the show, we were kind of talking about this. And I've talked with other people about this as well. There is no doubt in my mind that so much of what we are seeing now is a continued attempt to take Trump out. We had RussiaGate. We had UkraineGate. They did the impeachment trial. Then, not too long after that, all of a sudden they found a way to take more control from, uh, more control of us, and simultaneously destroy the economy. One of the worst hits to the economy is the Great Depression. Suddenly we start opening the economy back up. Suddenly. There's a recovery. People are optimistic again. They don't have that I've been locked in doors feeling. Suddenly, there becomes a right. And honestly, I think that the Marxist powers that exist in the structures of those organizations were looking for an opportunity. They tried to do it with uh, that um, Arbery down in Mm -hmm. in Georgia. That one didn't work. Then there's Breonna Taylor. They attempted that one. This one, though, they had hard evidence of a police officer. This wasn't just two, you know, redneck boys on their truck shooting a guy in the neighborhood. This was legitimately police officers that got video footage of the guy's life slipping away. Yeah, what,
1: what, what, what's interesting with the tie-in, um, it, it is the, the division that they're seeking along racial lines. I, you know, I, I am curious... Are they building their metrics off, you know, this 13% of voters? Is, is that what they needed to push them over in their internal metrics? Do they need the race war along with the crashed economy? Is that their absolute? Because we all know that people vote along with their, their pocketbooks. That is, you know, the, when you step into that booth, the, the undeniable truth is, is that the majority of Americans are going to say, hey... Is this guy going to take more money from me? Is this guy going to give me the program that I, you know, is, is you know, people that pay taxes, not to marginalize any groups, people <laughs> that pay taxes care about. That, not to marginalize
0: those billionaires that have a tax loophole. Ex- yeah, ex-
1: exactly. The, the, the billion, you know, the, the top half, the upper crust class, and then the lower, the lower crust. Everybody in the middle that's shouldering the burden. When you go and vote, you are voting along with your bottom dollar for your family. And that's kind of always been the case in America. So when you destroy the economy, all of a sudden you could have somebody, a candidate come in and say, hey, I'm going to fix this problem X, Y, or Z. But then you have the race war on top of it. And that's, that's the kind of, you know, that's my question is, is, these things are now mutually exclusive. And now you see in California... Businesses are shut down, but you can go out and protest. And it's directly from Gavin Newsom. Gavin
0: Gavin Newsom literally came out with an order for those who didn't see it at all. I know that was posted up to our page. Coronavirus pandemic, California latest, over 246,000 cases, 6.3% positivity rate, 56% increase in hospitalizations, which that can be questionable even itself. Just, you know. What, what's the criteria to hospitalize people, especially with now that more hospitals are open. Remember before, you basically shut down hospitals but only to treat coronavirus patients. But now you've got a, a wide-open hospital. You need bodies in there. And then here, these are my two favorite parts. Avoid parties, gatherings, fireworks show. That's, that's number four bullet point. And number five is that protests are still allowed from the
1: government. It's an absolute war on American patriotism. That's what they that's what he wants to stop right now. He wants to stop Americans from gathering together to celebrate our independence. That, you know, our union that we have united under that one flag. That's what the that's what the end goal there is. Stop stop this sense of patriotism, break you down into your you know, you know, this division, your divided groups. You can't go out and celebrate America. You can't go out and look positively upon this country for everything that it's accomplished in our very young history, but you can go out and destroy your city.
0: Yes, and I think, you know, in concert with that, one thing that I'm really intrigued to see, uh, a few weeks ago, Trump had his rally. His rally gave Fox News their highest ratings that they've ever had at night, which, I mean, interestingly enough, just as a little, Segway that we can always come back to later. Tucker Carlson for the second quarter set the highest ratings of all time for any news on cable news for Q2. We can come back to that later if we've got time. But, back to this. So, the number of people that saw that rally was a very high number. And you combine all the online streams and other uh, cable news that covered that. Now, tonight, I think it's tonight, well whatever, today, it's tonight, it's when we're recording this, um, he's going to be appearing in South Dakota to do a stand-up, a uh, stand-up, <laughs> a rally for America, for the 4th, which is also very interesting because what did the New York Times do? They came out with an editorial talking about how that, <laughs> how, how we should
1: take down Mount Rushmore. Let's, like, it's blowed up, it's on tribal ground, and um, Everybody, everybody's face up there is white. I think it's time that we drop a, you know, a daisy cutter on it. It's time.
0: Well, and let's not forget, too. Two of them were slave owners. Regardless of the fact that everybody who was at their stature at that point had slaves, regardless of even Tom and Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson's own aversion to slavery, nevertheless, they were slave owners. So we must eliminate everyone that was slave owners... That existed in America and England. Everywhere else in the world, we're gonna go ahead and give them a pass. Even though the name slave comes from Slavs, because they were brought over to Africa from the Arabs. Well But we won't talk about that.
1: Well we could talk about their huge foreheads and crooked noses, but you know, I might be I might have <laughs> some of that in my I'm lying. This maybe where I get some of it. Not sure.
0: Yeah. So yeah, yeah. revisionist history.
1: Let's go back and eliminate um, the the piece of America that we could look through these great men in history. That's progress. They made progress for their time. Now we are going to destroy that progress and that tale that we can teach from based off of the new lens of the 21st century woke culture, which is interesting because I consider myself to be woke. When I look back in history, I see decision points that men made with the knowledge that they had at that time, with the societal standard that was set for that time. And I don't judge them from my Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, cat video perspective I see what they took, I see their morality, and I've seen how we've grown to be an absolute beacon for the world. I mean, America, I said this before, America is fucking great. We came from some weird times. We went through some weird growing phases. We fought a war that everyone can acknowledge ultimately, you know, regardless of how we want to have the debate. We fought a war with ourselves to end slavery. I may be from the Northeast, so I don't look at um, I don't look at the insurrection as a part of my heritage. Uh, that you know, that's not how I was raised. But at the end of the day, we overcame that. Now we're in a we're in a we're in a time period where you could walk outside with your transsexual boyfriend or girlfriend, however you want to define it. And the skimpiest of outfits. Maybe they're gender fluid.
0: Yeah, you could whatever. Whatever
1: they are that day. Whatever you want to be on Tuesday, you can go outside and be that on Tuesday, regardless of your race, regardless of your income, regardless of your stature and society, and you could freely you could freely do whatever you want. But the left is trying to sow these seeds of you know, just hate, which don't exist.
0: Well, but that's that's part of kind of the whole plan, too. Um, You know, when the Frankfurt School and the postmodernists decided that they could not take over this country with traditional Marxism, so they had to reorganize, they had to figure out, okay, what's what's the new way that we can destroy the United States? That's what they did. So they created a whole movement that's based upon race, gender, all of these things, the, the, the entire section of grievance studies that we see taught in so many universities. and I mean, taught to kids in schools now. It's not just at the university level, where you know, 10, 15 years ago it was just at the universities. It's now being taught in a lot of public schools. And the whole point there is to create division. And what do we do? We, we keep going for that, whatever we perceive as the highest Structure. So even at the whatever they consider to be the lowest levels, those people themselves, if they are one step above that person, they need to be broken down as well. So we got to create those divisions. We got to sow those divisions. We've got to get people working against one another. By doing that, then we can destroy the United States, and that's exactly what we're seeing. I mean, how about
1: having a black national anthem at the at NFL oh, yeah. events? In in terms of yeah,
0: division, I, I, I did not even. Uh, so I've got a buddy that actually, I know a guy that, that plays the NFL, right? And he he's just flabbergasted himself at some of these things that are going on. It's it's crazy. And then okay, talking about the NFL with that to create the division. But then we also have the guy that was the coach at Oklahoma State. Let's let's talk about just football. What was football at one point? Football was the sport of men, right? It was where they gathered together on Sundays after they went to church often. Then they'd come home and they'd watch the game. The games didn't start till you know late in the morning, so they had time to go and do the church with the family. Right. They could come home. They yeah. Well, that's another thing, too, that they kind of really pushed out there to replace church, right? But then the guys would sit around and watch the sport. And so what are they doing? They're just trying to tear the fabric of the sport and destroy it from the inside now. You've educated these people in the universities to think that these are the right things to do. We must appease the people who have a grievance with these sports now at the lowest level again, and ultimately, you make it so it's become something that's just, I mean, it's unwatchable at times now, you know, you've got the woke commercials that appear in it, you've made the sport barely even football anymore, because you can barely even touch the other players half the time, and you've mixed in this just well ridiculous religion of the what's
1: what's the end goal here do they would they like to segregate stadiums is is that cuz when i see when i see something competing with the, you know and we'll call it for what it is now it's going to be competition with the national anthem because they're saying that the national anthem is racist when I, in, yeah. when again when I see when I see personal liberty for every every human being regardless once again regardless of what gender you are that day what race you are how that's the blanket of freedom that every single American has under that flag now we're gonna have something that is going to segregate a class of people based off of the color of their skin. It's new segregation.
0: Oh, absolutely! I mean, there's absolutely new segregation, which is absolutely to put us put us against one another. Shouldn't it be illegal? It's, I
1: feel like that should be you know. I thought we I could have sworn <laughs> well, we had it, equal opportunity We we had laws that said, hey, there's no way that you're going to segregate anyone based off of race or gender. Like that's not that's not something that we're going to do. And I'm I'm not going to just talk about because I you know how we personally believe about the mental illness in relation to, you know, the fluid genders. Sep- separate issue for a separate time. We'll just,
0: we'll, yeah, okay. we'll just
1: say in America that you could be whatever you want to be. Now you're going to have a private organization that's going to create segregation based off of racial lines, and it's going to be in competition. You're, you lose your American identity, right? You lose your identity regardless of you know, what walk of life you come from. You lose your American identity and now you get your race identity.
0: Well, you know, that's one of the things that I found really interesting. I don't know, um, there was a video that we posted. It was from uh, Marcellus Wiley. um, And uh, what was it? The Speak for Yourself, uh, the official thing like that. And basically he addressed, and simultaneously uh, the NBA, because the NBA was talking about Painting Black Lives Matter on the courts, you know, and then they allow social justice messages on jerseys. And if you haven't seen this video, it's on our Telegram. It's also on our Instagram. He goes into why that's wrong and how that does create divisions. Like, this guy hit it, nailed it, you know, hit it on the head of the nail there. And the thing that's very interesting, the only one thing I would say, because he goes through the whole statistics, too, and talks about... You know, the, the problems that he finds with just the Black Lives Matter movement in itself, the, what it actually says, because, I mean, look, this is propaganda. This is straight propaganda in naming. It's done so perfectly. And people on the right need to think about some of this stuff, and I, I don't know the solution. I'm just saying that we need to think about how they name themselves. They're Antifa. They're anti-fascist. These people are Black Lives Matter. Okay, who, who's going to run around saying, Number one, I'm pro-fascist. And and how many people legitimately are going to say that I'm anti-black lives? Nobody. These items are picked out perfectly. So what they do is they throw in these very Marxist types of let's destroy society type things. It says flat out we want to destroy the nuclear family. We want to create divisions. And the women have flat out said that they're Marxists, the women that run the organization. Yeah, there's that very uh, famous
1: photo, the founder of BLM.
0: Um, what, what, hanging out with Maduro? Which, which
1: should, it, it should be disturbing. I, and, and this is something that I still, I love, you know, I, I almost find personal enjoyment when you look into the socialist utopia and you see the destruction <laughs> of um, LGBT groups. When you look at the socialist oh, yeah. structure and you see the destruction of women, how they're treated, it's almost as if they're ponying up with the very thing that will destroy them, not just economically, but just their specific special interest group. And that's that's well, hilarious that they find identity and something that will destroy their identity when the time comes.
0: Well, you know, but it, that has always been the game. Get as many people on board to help push the revolution. You've got to get uh, as many. That video out in New York City of the, the transgender person yelling at the cops. Do you see that video? The, uh... the topless transgender person with the newly formed moves Yelling at the police officers. You know, it's funny. I, it's I have a
1: lot of uh, Google searches that have stuff like that in it, but I have not seen that <laughs> video yet.
0: <laughs> it is on the Telegram, but it is on our uh, on our Instagram if you've missed it. But essentially, and, and this this individual is telling the cops that the cops are stupid, saying that how a hairdresser has to go to school longer than they do. Never mind the fact that in a lot of police agencies, they do have to have a college degree. You know, it's, it's deep, that ignorance. But then, I mean, what, what's funny is it's it's a it's, it's a new class warfare as well, right? You've got these people who are college educated talking down to these other people because they think they're better, because they're not educated, which doesn't that go entirely against the concept of Marxism? It
1: It, it is going to, uh, it's eventually going to come to a head... When their true colors come out and then you're going to have a group of revolutionaries that are going to be pissed off and angry and they're going to be motivated and they're going to be, um, they're going to be left on the outside. And that's, and that's when you see total destruction. That's when you see that that society, if if they're not able to control that power, you're just going to see people getting shot in the street.
0: Homeowners are going to get shot in the street. Well, I think there'll be some of that, but I think as well, what you're going to start to see too is how they cannibalize one another as well, because simultaneously, the ones who aren't really pro, you know, like they're kind of on their side, they kind of like the idea, but they they think it's going to be the, uh, they think it's going to be Sweden instead of Venezuela, right? Or even, you know, the Bolsheviks, right? It's it's going to be the nice type thing. Nah, man. They're coming for you, and they're gonna start picking off the easy targets. And those of you that helped promote this, but you really weren't quite revolutionary enough, you're gone. Let's give
1: it to them. This is this is my uh, not a team guys, not a team guys view. Let's give it. Let's give them Seattle. Let's uh, clear out everybody there that's a business owner. Um, let's let's remove their you know the money access. Let's let them set it up. Let's because it, it has well, to go somewhere. It has to go somewhere. Well,
0: but but they did, you know, and that was what was interesting. They did let them have it, and then what we saw was that white and Antifa security guards were shooting black people there, which is just, it's like, that right there is a perfect example of what's coming, is these guys with the guns were the white dudes, they killed a 19-year-old. They killed a yeah, sixteen-year-old 16-year-old got shot. Put a fourteen-year-old in the hospital. Yeah, the sixteen-year-old's dead. The nineteen-year-old's dead, and the fourteen-year-old—I still—I don't know anymore. But they've murdered people there, and I don't know that anybody's been held accountable. I don't know that anybody's going to. But yet, that's the utopia, and I agree with you. We need to let some of these things occur. It's a—it's a careful mark because I hear a lot of times from people, and you and I have discussed this a little bit, right? We hear from people, why does not the Justice Department going? do something you know like why don't we have more people that shut this down and I can understand the desire to be like hey look you guys can't do this but you know what we need that out there as long as these cities are going to allow it and as long as it's not taking over I I mean absolutely I, I totally empathize and sympathize for the people who are living in those areas I wouldn't want to live there, but you know what? I'm not going to live in the middle of Seattle where shit like this is going to happen. I mean, that's just reality. I've made that choice. I don't, well,
1: I don't know what power they have to fight back. I can only imagine well, if, I was, if I was sitting in their shoes at any single point in time, what can you do to fight mob mentality as a normal citizen? I, is there a counter-militia that's not, you know, could you, get a, could you get a militia together that's going to say, hey, we're going to defend our block? Look at how we've doxxed people that go outside and they defend their house, the pink, pink, pink polo man with his wife out there with his, Dude. with his Bushmaster. God knows, I, I bet you he doesn't know how to shoot it. Good on him though for going out there and saying, "Hey, you're not going to come burn down my house."
0: Did you, did you hear what happened yesterday with them? I did not. Okay, so they know that there are people specifically targeted. They've received the information, which is undoubtable. You know, like they're, they're known. They're known across the country now. There are people who want to come after them and burn their house down now. They went to the police. They got put on hold, and then they got hung up on. The police never called them back. They tried reaching out to private security people in the St. Louis area, ask the private security people, to come help me defend my house? No, we will not. And we recommend that you leave now. That was the private security. How insane is that? How insane is this? Because that, the balance the mob type thing that we're seeing there is also why Gavin Newsom, part of why, I mean, it's it's a mix, right? Part of why he's battling the mob out there is because they're not gonna say no, right? They're not gonna listen to you. If you say, you guys can't go out and protest, they're not gonna listen, right? Simultaneously, It also helps to keep the virus going at whatever level the virus is going.
1: Well, you know, Gavin Newsom signed a billion-dollar contract in the beginning of the COVID madness for masks, right? We all know that. public, freely, freely public information. Uh, Masks come to the United States. They test them, and they don't block COVID-19. The masks are not certified to do anything. And now you have a mask order in the state of California that says, hey, you need a face covering. It doesn't matter if it's a t-shirt. Uh, I'm going to go get a, a beekeeper uh, hat, by the way. That's, uh, that's my goal today after I went to the gym. And I was told I had to have a mask on the whole time. So I'm just going to go oh. get my beekeeper hat. I'm going to be rocking that.
0: Um, bro, bro, if you do do that, you must send me the photo.
1: I'm probably going to be in the news when I get my ass beat by the crowd of... Uh, Covid haters, or Covid lovers, or, or, or whatever it is, or,
0: or, or the uh, the beekeepers of America that will rise up against you for insulting them by wearing their their tribe's mask. But yeah,
1: so so you have the ability, you have you have the reins of the government. You've just signed your billion dollar contract, um, which God knows that somebody should look into that when the time comes to Gavin Newsom and all of everything that he's tied to, but. But you're not really preventing the spread um, with your T-shirt. So you, you need well, an actual medical mask to do that. And I haven't seen a single one. I, I don't even see them anymore. They're gone. But,
0: but, dude, we also know, too, that we've had people flat out say that you should wear a mask because it makes others feel safe? Yes, the, That's the, indoctrination. That's exactly what that is. Yes. Yep. The efficacy of it does not matter. What they want is you just going along and being like, oh, okay. They, they say mask good now. Mask or bad, mask good. Must wear mask. And, and think about this yeah. too. Because I, I, I spent some time the other day um, where I, I was at a bank and I was talking to the guy. And you know what's nice about when you're normally doing business with people? How you can see their facial reactions. What I found so interesting for myself, because I love to read people's faces, and I'm sure you are the same way, I, I can't see it. Because basically from halfway down his nose to below his chin, I couldn't see it. I could only see the eyes. Which they do give away some. But it's, it's just, it's not communication.
1: It's dehumanization.
0: Absolutely. And it's
1: working. And I mean I, I would hate to be single right now.
0: <laughs> Wait, I mean how <laughs> hey, do you ver- you've you
1: always you always got me. Let's approach this conversation at a bar though. Imagine talking to a girl, she's highly proportionate. What if she takes her mask down and she looks like a friggin' horse? What happens? <laughs> well, I guess you better buy some hay. Yeah, well, I've never had that problem before. <laughs> or some oats. Okay, Antifa Keep it Antifa in Seattle. So we have We have this momentous uh, time in our history. Uh, We we have this movement that is going on, and there's no end in sight. There's no end. the The only end game for them is going to be to submit. What do we do? What's what? What is it that we are going to do to stop this? You cannot reason with these people. I don't think the federal government could step in because the second the federal government steps in, you have your attachment to Donald Trump. If he touches it, that's going to unite them more. It doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. We've, got, we, we've gotten well, to the point to where this movement has become so advanced in America that there is a militant force that's actively fighting on our soil.
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, they, on Wednesday... The Seattle police announced as they were shutting down Chaz that there were people going around in unlicensed vehicles. They're wearing armor and they're handing out weapons to people. And then somebody messaged us, a police officer from Northern Virginia. I don't know which city. i am assuming probably D.C., but, you know, region. But I don't know exactly. But he saw the same thing there. So we know there's this organization that is occurring. We know that there's these various elements. One of the things that was, I was, I, I was demoralized a bit. I'm going to admit to you, man, when it went, I saw so much of the things that were going on, and nothing was really a response to a lot of it, I was demoralized. And, you know, I, I remember I was watching on TV the night where they tried to take down Andrew Jackson statue, and that's right in front of the White House. And when I saw that happening, I was like, they're not going to do anything about this I was just, I I was flabbergasted by that. However, they moved in. They protected that. The guy that was responsible for the ringleader, whatever you want to call him, trying to pull that down, was arrested yesterday and faces a litany of charges. They are doing this very law and order, and they're pulling these people down. In addition, the DHS has an elite unit. I don't know exactly what to call it, but they have been deployed across the country. We saw that last night in Portland because the Antifa black bloc tried to burn down the federal courthouse. We saw the federal agents come out and take that individual
1: in. Oh, yeah, that was a good video. That was a good one.
0: Well, and, and, and... they announced that they were doing that at least, I think, in, in D.C., in Seattle, and Portland, we know for sure that they've deployed. We don't know where else. But I think that, especially for me, to see some of these type of things and like you said, it was a good video, but to know that, okay, there are specific limits. Like, we're going to let you in the city destroy your, you can do whatever you want to your city, but our federal, whether it's a, a federal monument, or it's a federal uh building itself there are people there that are going to protect it
1: you know i'd like to see uh i'd really like to expose a lot of the foreign influence that's in this movement because that might be something that we're able to do to dismantle it and and when when i say dismantle we we got to take the wind out of their sails and that's you know a problem that i'm sitting here and i am also uh i'll just i'm i'm depressed about it I don't like to see America like this, and it's not because I like Donald Trump, and it's not because I like to, you know my prosperity. It's because I like my freedom and my liberty, and it's something that a lot of us have fought for for so very long. And then you see, you see things where uh, it, it's kind of funny you bring it up, groups of individuals that are organized that are providing arms and training to these insurgent forces. It sounds very familiar to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. I've done it before mm-hmm. in some different places. <laughs> uh, I think you might have. It's, you might have seen something like this somewhere. Before. It's one of the. So it's, it's one just, of those things that it's a. It's a very familiar feeling when I see these psychological operations that are taking place. That you're having a tweet go out and it's inciting a group of people, and it's crafted so well, and then it grows, and then you have armed insurrection in the streets. That's. That's a very familiar feeling. It's a very familiar tactic. If there is foreign influence here, which I don't doubt there is, and I'm not just talking about George Soros and, and that money stream. Oh, yeah. Not just that money stream. Yeah. There's There's there is enemies to America that are looking at us right now that are just licking their chops. How can we keep this going? How can we get in there?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and that's one of the things that... The, I can remember, you know, like there was one point when... I started really paying attention to what was going on here domestically. And initially, I was like, oh, we should have a civil war because, you know what, then we can just wipe these people out because we got the guns. But the reality is that even if we, whoever this collective we is exactly, that can stand up and do this, there are foreign influence. And I'll be honest with you. I think Russia stirs shit up, but I don't think Russia's going to appear on our soil. I do think China would. I do think that cartels in Mexico would. Those are two things that we would have to contend with, which is something that I don't want to see happen. Every, every I time love this
1: Every time I see an event take place that is prolific along these lines, I ask myself this question. I say, hey, who has the most to gain and who has the most to lose? Because you could figure out who is targeted. Now, everyday America has everything to lose when there's unrest that keeps us occupied in our streets and is distracting us from real issues. And also, Donald Trump has everything to lose when this is taking place. And then who has everything to gain? Well, China, trade war, Russia, cartels. Yeah, I mean, God knows cartels are going to be with us no matter what until we go clear Mexico, just the, you know, deadlier than Iraq.
0: I think they they stand to gain a lot, though, if we are at at, at, at heads with one another, right? I I think you know what I mean. Like, they can move in and take more territory ultimately. Yes. And control. Yes. That's that's more of my point. don't I don't think that... Well, I have seen some of the weaponry they have. Some of it out-bustles the Mexican military. But, you know, you you brought something to my attention that occurred this weekend. And we're still seeing play out a little bit, although it's subsided, because we know it's once again bullshitting. I called it bullshit immediately. It was the whole thing about Trump was briefed that... Russians Mm -hmm. wanted to kill Americans and were offering the Taliban money to kill Americans. Now, number one, we know that there are outside forces that are instigating in Afghanistan as well as Iraq. We know one of the major ones has been Tehran, Iran, but we know the Chinese have also been involved. I don't doubt at some level that there are Russians involved, undoubtedly, you know, I mean, we know what happened in Syria to that whole uh, Those guys that made a mistake that one day and thought they were going to overrun an American base. And they met some very like
1: motivated JTACs who took care of the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there was a, what was it, like 300
0: guys? That were? Tanks, destroyed? armored, column. Yeah. yeah, 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 dude. But my point ultimately is here is that there was propaganda that was being spread unsubstantiated, saying that Trump knew about this and he was Putin's bitch and so he was allowing this to occur, which is just absurd because we also know that Trump was looking to reduce troops in Afghanistan and what have we seen since then? The House has initiated a way to prevent us from withdrawing our troops from Afghanistan, which is what so many of us want. We've been there nearly 20 years. How many more guys need to die every month or two just so we can keep our troops over there so that we can feed the military-industrial complex? That's what's just disgusting.
1: James Mattis isn't losing sleep over it.
0: You know, and that's an interesting thing.
1: What is very
0: interesting, and with this this time of what we are seeing occur, is the shifting... um, alliances, if you will. Why would James Mattis come out and say the things that he said, particularly when we know that the previous administration, without a doubt, beyond the pale now, we have seen actual documents from FBI agents, we have so much proof that they tried to bring down this president, yet James Mattis comes out and says that Trump is the biggest threat to our constitution ever.
1: Yeah. All right, here it is. I'll break it down for you. It's going to come it's going to come it'll come full circle here in a second. And it's it's going to relate to Syria and Isis. We saw the rise of Isis under Obama's scope for th- their entire campaign to where they're able to, to carve out a swath of the world and have everyone mired in a war and we saw the most powerful military in the world that had every single resource under Obama sit on the sidelines for a long time and continue to sit on the sidelines up until the inauguration of Donald Trump and Donald Trump says hey this is no longer a war of attrition this isn't a long, drawn-out contest. You go in there, you kill them all, and then you leave. And we've seen pushback ever since then, ever since he said, hey, I don't want to, you know what? We don't need to keep Americans in Syria. We don't need to keep this entire enterprise running, big business running, General Dynamics, Raytheon, Boeing, all of these other subcontractors, everybody who makes munitions is making massive amounts of money, and he just wants to stop that. So that's when you see Mattis. Hey, hold up! Oh, you're disagreeing with my serious strategy. Uh, but you know, we we have to stay there. We gotta stay. We have to stay in Afghanistan. We have to keep our boys out there, uh, losing their legs for for what purpose? Who has the most to gain out of it? Who has the most to gain? And that's no. Uh, general Dynamics. Yeah, general dynamics. Uh it it it's not it's who works for general dynamics. James Mattis does, yeah. <laughs> it's you know, that's I I I'll 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 always figure out a way, you know. He's probably Titan Tifa because he lives in Washington. He's wearing a blue uh you yeah, know, but <laughs> So that's that's what we have is is you you see who has the most to gain but who has the most to lose and it, it's our friends it's our you know it's our family members it's our extended family at the end of the day the American mission there is is what now at this point in time we saw right we saw ISIS go away in six months it's gone it's not obviously well, it's obviously uh, just with any insurgency it's it's still. You know, present and it's very difficult to kill that idea. But sure. that, that campaign was so swift and it was so violent and it was executed so quickly that they, they didn't have the ability to recover. They just got punched in the mouth over yeah. and over and over and over and over again. And now they're sitting there, you know, every single time somebody pops up, bam, they're dead. But that problem was allowed to grow. It was like it, it was as almost as if we created this problem. To let our business almost. fester for years and years and years and years and years, and, years and just make almost, money off of it.
0: Almost like we see in Afghanistan as well.
1: I don't, you know, I don't think it's a conspiracy theorist. I think that's the, uh, that's the, that's well, the new way to, that's the new way to describe somebody that disagrees with your narrative. I don't think it's conspiracy but, theorist if you just ask who has the most to gain. This this corporation has the most to gain. These senators have the most to gain because their constituents are employed by this corporation. This corporation is building defense tech. So you see all that yeah. money come back into Congress.
0: And yeah, many of them have investments in those type of things. Dick Cheney. Yeah.
1: Well I tell you what, I I have some investments in it too and uh
0: not gonna lie so so what you're saying i would i'll
1: privately go back to afghanistan if i see some of my stock rise
0: but i do not agree with sending americans no man and and i don't think that people always realize that that's that's what's kind of frightening with the propaganda machine of our our media you know they get fed specific items from pentagon and other intel leaks, things like that to specifically feed a narrative of why we need to be in these places. Regardless of if there's anything supportive, just the juiciness of something might be somewhere. There's enough reason that we should be
1: I examined the New York Times leaks. I looked at the scope of, um, let's just say the general classification of that leak. If, and you know, not talking as a U.S. government employee, past or present, I'm just going to say that if that information was derived, it was derived according to them through human sources and through detainee interrogation. If that information was leaked to the New York Times, we got a, a massive problem. The level of classification with a foreign government it, it's beyond whistleblowing. There's no whistleblowing protection for a leak of that magnitude, especially considering there's no whistleblowing. It's, you're not whistleblowing for any one purpose because we, we, we're, we're looking at leakers now in a positive light. You look at your Snowdens, your uh, Liberty, whatever the hell that girl was in, in Georgia. We, we look at them as in a positive light. Uh, there's no whistleblowing there. There needs to be uh, a public hanging. That's well, treason.
0: But but what's interesting too about some of that leaking as well is that some of it appears to be coming through the United Kingdom, which brings a whole different level of what we saw already. Where did we see something come from the United Kingdom before? Oh, that's right, the Steele, the dossier. Steele dossier. Interesting. And. Christopher Steele has been entirely discredited his dossier. He also, it was like March or April, testified to how much uh, member Victoria Newland, I think, and um, some people in the FBI, were basically helping him to come up with this narrative. Which, honestly, bro, because of all the things that we have seen come out during the pandemic, the shutdown, all these things like this, so many key pieces of evidence pointing back again to what the Obama administration was running against Trump. I just can't help but feel like there's a reason why these things keep getting pushed out. We're, let's create as much chaos as possible. We're
1: definitely let's deep dive that. We'll do that. That'll be podcast number two. Let's deep dive that. Um, yeah, that's that's, yeah, that's that's multiple that's but, multiple different layers there. But 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 in talking, you know. This, on the this, on the same lines, um, America's got a problem with that right now. No, not a single American sat back for a second and said, hey, maybe this information isn't something that we need to be sure, if it's true. Well, dude, it was so funny,
0: though. When I first saw it, I was like, this is bullshit. You know, like, this is so stupid. I, I could see, you could see the playbook, right? I see what they're trying to go for here. And it's, it's not that different from the playbook that we've seen his entire presidency, right? No, not at all. Hey, we, we, let's
1: also talk with some Afghan vets here. Anybody that trusted detainee, uh, you know, this, uh, this debrief, wow. I'm sure the New York Times does, but man, I never did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, because you, you know that enough money will make an Afghanist say whatever they... Absolutely, say, and enough and, and enough torture as well will make them say. Look right at on the earth. follow up. Excuse me, enough interrogation. Look at the follow up. Look right at the
1: left. follow up that they did. They they highlight this guy, this this Afghan businessman that you know he's got all this money. They found all this money. They have no idea. He goes to Russia, blah blah blah. And just like the New York Times is conveniently, you know, just conveniently placed to report on all of this and has sources. And, you know, the Afghan intelligence network. And then there's no fact check. There's no system of checks and balances. It's just like, we're just going to blast this narrative out there. And we're going to let it fly. And it, it, if it is true, there's a problem. And if it isn't true, there's a problem. But there's no control of the information.
0: That's well, there, that's my biggest problem. It hasn't been for a while. I mean, the, the whole idea of the media nowadays is to make money with the most inflammatory type of thing possible. You know? And you get that joined together with the fact that there was complete uprising at the New York Times recently because Tom Cotton had an op-ed. Because Tom Cotton had an op-ed That was one of the most egregious things the New York Times has ever done. Never mind that they allowed pro-pedophile opinions. Never mind that the Taliban was allowed to write opinions in the New York (sighs) Times. A senator from Arkansas basically saying how we need to really protect our monuments and have a more law and order structure was the most offensive thing that the people that worked at the New York Times could find.
1: I don't know if we have ever been in a more precarious state in our history when it comes to what we want to claim to be freedom of the press, free thought, (laughs) and also in a more contentious time of propaganda. I do not know if we've ever been to this point yet.
0: I, I don't think so because I mean the the way that we can spread information now makes this that much worse. and It just exacerbates the whole problem, and it feeds itself and it grows.
1: Absolutely, the un, and this is where I see when I when I occasionally wade in a Twitter, and and I don't like doing it because it's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. To be honest, it's it's miserable. Twitter, but I get on I get oh, on yeah. Twitter and and this is where. You know, I've touched on this before. This is where you get the unwitting participants. You get people that are willing to push the narrative because they think they're doing something correct. They don't understand where the narrative comes from. So you have your little, you have your little Twitter followers and it just grows. It exponentially grows. It's a, you know, it's a little bit like the telephone game too where some, something else will be added in here and there. That's a big problem in America because no longer do we have uh, a a group of people that's willing to look at a problem set objectively or examine facts or data. They just hop on Twitter and their mind's made up already for them.
0: Well, you know, and that's what I find so often. Because, you know, it was like earlier I, I, I put that post up there because of Let's talk about how easy it is to make up people's mind and how easy to propagandize. You've touched on here, and this touches on what I posted earlier. It's very frustrating to continue to see people because the photos came out yesterday. So Ghislaine Maxwell, big fucking win. She was arrested yesterday, finally. And from everything I can tell, she'd been monitored for a while. They were just dotting their eyes, crossing their teeth. However, we also know that the former... Uh, lead prosecutor, uh, deputy attorney general at SDNY was inhibiting the investigation order, which is a whole other interesting topic we might want to oh, think about. But you know why? The, the, <laughs> oh, we, whose we know. laptop does but, he have? Yeah, totally. But let's let, so once she got arrested, the the propaganda people immediately start putting out the photos of Donald Trump and her were together. Oh, why were they together? How salacious. Unfortunately, or fortunately, if you will, however you want to view this, Trump used to run casinos. Trump has been a real estate man. Trump was a TV personality. You know, like, he was always bombastic. How, How many times did he appear on Howard Stern? You know, it was always great to have him on there. People wanted to be around Trump. Rappers would write rap songs about Trump. Yeah, absolutely. Um, People wanted to be in photographs with him because if there's a photograph of Donald Trump and you get next to Donald Trump, you are going to get some elevated status with that. That's the way the game's played. However, now they're just selectively doing that, which, again, you know, kind of what I was talking about before. It's absolutely hilarious how many black organizations were so happy with Trump until he ran for president. How many rappers were happy with him? Because he was, you know, the, the gangster with all the money. But he also, he was a guy who did a lot to help out black organizations.
1: You know what I... Yeah. And he was given awards for You know them. what I just found out? I just found out about, the you know, the history of Mar-a-Lago. I just found out that one of the reasons why... Trump, was, um, Trump received a lot of pushback in the West Palm Beach area was because his club, when he bought that and established that club, it was the first club that was willing to accept minorities and Jews into it. The first one. Now, you go to the area and you, you drive around because Epstein's ranch or you know, his house is you know, three blocks away. And then you realize that the uproar in the area was because they were letting all races, you know, join the club, yeah. and that was that was yeah. 100% Trump's doing. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you come back and you know now he's the president. And he's the you know the, the most racist thing since uh, Nathaniel Bedford Forrest, I guess. I guess it I guess maybe else? he's worse than Nathaniel Bedford Forrest. Honestly, it's probably worse. Well, and that's
0: that's just the the amount of propaganda that we have lobbed at us every day. It's painful. You know, like, I think for for you and I, we can often see it because we know how to differentiate it at times. And and I I like to hold myself accountable, too. You know, I like to say to people, like, hey, tell me, am am I completely off base here? You know, because I want to judge these things. But to say even that Trump is anti-Semitic when... His daughter is married to a Jew, and the guy has had the ability to provide massive amounts of input into the administration. And I, I mean, come on, dude, he moved the embassy yeah. to Jerusalem. <laughs> it, it, it's just it, it's baffling to me how people will just believe the immediate lie, and then the media will repeat the immediate lie. Regardless of actual actions, the words are what people listen to.
1: Well, that's that's what the problem that we're we're facing now is is that data, when obfuscated um, from the media, data is no longer um, data is no longer relevant. We could see that statistics statistics are no longer relevant in America. Hard data is no longer um, relevant. It's how you feel about that data, and if you disagree with the feeling. Uh, you're a racist or you're a bigot or you're a nationalist or you're fascist um, i maybe all of them at the same Could time. you imagine being a statistician? What happens if you're a statistician? What does that make you? Are you the ultimate racist? Are you the ultimate, you know, Nazi? I don't get it. I it's sad. It, it, it it's sad to the point because i i feel i feel almost a sense of sorrow for the the blind left I feel this, this sense that they are uh, being held against their will and they're almost this, to anybody who listens to this that has different views, I don't think that you're a zombie. But I look at a lot of these people as if they are under total mind control and they don't have the ability to think for themselves. And I feel bad for them for that because you know what? I look at every single issue every single day I remove my internal bias and I examine data points to make decisions. Yeah. And I don't think that exists in the mirror. I mean, how do you, how do you teach that? You should be able to teach well, it. We should be able to say, Hey, you, you got to remove your, you got to remove your bias. You got to remove your institutional bias. I think you see it in, in a lot of places, but then in others you, you just don't. And, and now I see the, the zombie army and the zombie army is scary because they're arming themselves. Yeah. And they're burning stuff down, and they're destroying local but, economies, and I, and I mean, look at Minneapolis, look at look at that. Not only
0: destroying the economy, but also removing a police force, which the police force is going to protect Black lives. I mean, how many? Chomp again. Two blacks were killed, in what was supposed to be this place celebrating Black lives, and. You remove the police force from these areas, they're going to become lawless, and we're going to see those at the lower end of society are going to suffer the most.
1: That that narrative's gone out of control to the point that I don't know if you're going to be able to reverse it. I don't think it matters. I don't think, you know, once again, when you have to make a decision based off of hard data or statistics. I don't think that the decision matters anymore. I think you'll see politicians pony up to whoever has the loudest voice. And if the the voices defund the police, they're going to go through and they're going to defund the police. And then, you know, two years later, when the murder rate has skyrocketed, they're going to come in and say, hey, why why is this happening? But your politician is going to sell you on a new program that's going to fix that last guy's program that's going to make things better, and you're going to be caught in this constant cycle till, eventually we have the Red Army parachuting in and we're all screaming Wolverines in the mountains holding them off. I don't know, maybe that's the answer. Well, well,
0: I think that's interesting. I think we should probably wind this down too, so pretty soon here too, because we don't want to overwhelm with too much length for you guys. But I think that we saw that there was the senator from Indiana the other day. He had gone out and basically he was he was talking about how he was going to you know implement these defund the police things and he went on Tucker Carlson show and basically lied, basically said like these fraternal order of police were behind him all these things in order to move what the BLM people are are, are calling for that we need to defund the police and, and implement these community groups which probably in Minneapolis means true law. But anyway, luckily enough, this guy, his feet were held to the fire, and I'm not sure where he's at now, but we're starting to see more of this coming from, which it is so disheartening. We're seeing what, I think many listening to this and you and I, we were, we were hoping that people who call themselves Republican are going to be standing up for law and order, but they don't. They just go along with the loudest voice is saying, which I think means, people have asked, and I'd like to just kind of state that here, We need to make our voices heard louder. We need to, when these people, when these politicians are saying things we don't agree with, and I don't care if you agree with, if you're listening to us and you agree with what I say, I don't care if you go and you see something that I may agree with, go to your politician and tell them that. Make your voice heard, because right now, the dregs of society in a small percentage that wants to destroy this country, Excuse me. Have the loudest voice. We need to make our voices heard.
1: Well, they have the reins of social media, so they have the ability to suppress the counter-narrative or the facts or however you want to define it uh, in the name of hate speech or inflammatory content. So, absolutely. Um, Getting your voice heard. not, Not just getting your voice heard. I think standing up and having the ability to... You know, there's a lot of talk about the silent majority in America, um, which I'm counting on because you don't see people screaming down Antifa in the streets. Uh, Those people that do go there to, you know, counter protest. I think that it's important that Americans actually start to stand up and say, hey,
0: just have your protest. Don't counter protest. Have your protest. Get out there and say what you do. This isn't. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I haven't. You. I haven't seen these massive crowds of Republicans going out and burning shit down, or you know, conservatives, or however you want to so define which it. But... Is,
0: well, let's think about this too. During the lockdown, there were individuals who did go out and protest peacefully to open Church. up these states, open up and they would la- they would, Yeah, they would label this terrorist, because they were going to kill grandma because they didn't have a mask on and they were out here doing this stuff. Why aren't they at home? Suddenly that nervous.
1: Yeah, Completely you useful. have the you have the uh, the state of Virginia with the extremely peaceful um, Second Amendment protests that took place with uh, Blackface Northrum. and he, well, you know the way that they set up for that was insane. They had the they had them all bottlenecked. They had him caged in. Yes. They were ready to friggin' they were ready to go to war right there, and not a single thing happened. Not a single thing took place. But standing
0: and they cleaned up after themselves. Yes, they
1: did. They didn't. They didn't pull statute. Not a single one down. But no, I. You know, standing up and saying, "Hey, you know, th- this isn't right." I. We'll we'll kick it on another podcast. But I, I tell you what, if if we get force fed mail in ballots, I, I'm yeah. going on the offensive, and I and that's not a not not necessarily a threat, but I think Americans, if that takes place. I think we got to turn out. I think we got to turn out bigger than anything that we've ever turned out for before. I mean, if we're dumping tea over uh, a 3% tax in 1775, if that's what we're doing, we need to be alarmed when we're getting force-fed mail-in well,
0: ballots. I, I think it's just, we, I, at least personally, I've come to this by belief and I don't know if you agree with me, but this election truly really is like a moment, you know? and I don't know four years from now if we're gonna be in the same situation. I don't know, but I really do think that if, if Trump loses, man, and, and, and I've tried really hard, I'd like to state, state this, I've tried really hard not to be too over the top political, but I just can't help but say this right now because I see people talking about, you know, oh, we should vote for the libertarian candidate or whatever because they stand more for. it. Okay. You know what? If Trump loses, I don't know that we'll have a libertarian party. If we do, it'll be something that's controlled opposition, much like some of the rivals. Let stuff. me. But this country will. This country will not. Exist I wasn't. Listen,
1: election. I. I'm gonna. I'm gonna come out and say this. People are gonna laugh at me. I wasn't scared if Hillary Clinton got elected. And the reason why I wasn't scared was because she was the ultimate establishment, ultimate tied in, the ultimate insider, the the person that nothing is going to greatly change. The power struggle in America is not going to change. Uh, we'd probably be at war in Syria right now. I'd get some more money on deployment or whatever.
0: We might even be like having. Something with Russia, some kind of
1: standoff. Or a standoff with Russia. You know, there'd be something that we would all be distracted and we'd all be, we'd all be placated. And Trump is the ultimate, um, the ultimate outsider. And the positive change that's come in this first administration, like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting Trump to happen. I wasn't expecting the Trump effect. I wasn't expecting this great awakening in America. So, I am deathly scared if Joe Biden gets elected. I wasn't scared of Hillary. Well, I am. Where are we at now? I'm scared. You know, dude, like, I, I wasn't looking forward to
0: her being president, but I just assumed it was a done deal. I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I, I remember, though, that night watching him talking to friends. And as I've seen these things happen, and I was like, is this really happening? You know what I mean? Because I, I bought a lot of it. I was like, yeah, I, it would be kind of cool if you won." Just at that point, I was more like, be a nice F you to Hillary if he does win. You know, like, that was how I was looking at it. I was just like, that would just be hilarious if he won. And knowing that she did destroy the the hotel in New York City when she lost is so great. But at at the end of the day, I I did not think she was going to lose. I was like, man, this is going to suck. But we'll we'll figure it out, you know? You know, well... But, this is something so but now what but now about. but
1: now what you're looking at is 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 you're looking at the possibility that um, the counter narrative or or being a Republican or being a registered Republican could get a target on you on, on your back now. Absolutely. And you could lose your you could Absolutely. lose your job and you could lose your and, and all of that's a sudden true. now we're gonna slip into something that this this didn't exist five years ago when Hillary and Trump were campaigning against each other. Now yeah. we're in an environment post-COVID with a crash economy and, a, and a, an economy that's doing very weird stuff. But now we're in an environment that I'm scared shitless. I really am. Where do we go, Montana?
0: You know, like what? Well, I know, dude. I mean, because that's honestly, you know, I, 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 these are things that I think about. That's why I like to say to people, too, is that you, you need to get out there now. You really do. And if, if people want to know what I think about the libertarian candidate, yeah, I think she's all right, but there's no way I'm throwing my vote at her. And you know what? Call, call me whatever you want for doing that. Um, and, and at the same time, too, get to know your neighbors. Build your community. And get out there somehow. And I don't know what it means. I don't want people out there violent protesting from the right because we know what that's going to bring. Get out there nonviolently violently Get your voice heard.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll be out there with you. I know you will be. Let's do it. Uh, Guys, I appreciate you for for tuning in. We're going to kick some more stuff. Yeah, thanks. Super stoked. Yeah, definitely. Thanks again. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, thanks for all your support, guys. Well, you guys support us. We'll keep doing what we're doing. All right. Have a good one. Out here. Out.